I'm so thankful to be with you today and to share in the scripture. I thought it was absolutely wonderful that today's scripture, uh, which comes from Luke 10, if you'd like to join me, is a, a sending out of the missionaries, uh, the 70 missionaries from Jesus. And how perfect for what's going on today as the young people and you all celebrate in the mission work of the church. And so, here we begin with chapter 10, verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send our laborers into the harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Wherever house you enter first, say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who, is, who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborers deserve to be paid. Do not move about from the house to house. Whenever you enter into town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever you, whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you on this day that it will be more tolerable for Sodom than in for that town. And then down to verse 17. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submitted to us. And he said to them, I watched Satan fall from the heavens like the, the flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on the snakes and scorpions and all of the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and I actually mean for you to raise your hand, okay? So this is participation. So how many of you have ever received an act of mercy or kindness from a stranger when you were in need? It looks like most of you. Well, last Tuesday morning, I found myself in need of care. A neighbor who I didn't know came outside of his house and cared for me along with his daughter. So let me tell you what happened and why I have this lovely black eye. And it's so embarrassing. I said, just an FYI, I said, okay. Should I go and preach when I have a black eye? And then I thought to myself, okay, what would Jesus do? 
Oh, yeah, Jesus would probably preach with a black guy, so here I am. <laughs> so I was on my routine walk in the morning with my golden retriever in my neighborhood. And it was about 6.45 in the morning, and I was looking at the beautiful trees and flowers all in the neighborhood. It's been such a wonderful green year. And um, thinking out loud, or thinking to myself, gosh, when I get back to my garden, I'm going to do a few things. When this sidewalk jumped up and tripped me. And there I was, I face-planted right down on that sidewalk, and I saw dark for just a moment, and I laid there and thought, tried to get myself oriented, and then sat up and put my hand up on my uh, forehead, and there was, like so oftentimes happens when you have a head gouge, blood running down the side of my face. And I stood there just kind of holding it, thinking, can I get up? I think I can get up. The dog started licking me all over, which is a good sign of a caring dog, right? And about that time, um, a gentleman and his daughter came outside from their house, and they saw me, and they walked over and asked me if they could help. And before I knew it, the little girl, about, probably about 12 years old, ran back in the house, came back outside with paper towels, placed them on my head, and as soon as I got everything sort of cleaned up, she's standing back away from me, and she says, can I give you a hug? <laughs> and it was the most wonderful feeling to have someone who I didn't even know embrace me. It's moments like these when we really understand the power of loving our neighbor. Gosh, I really, I realize I've, it's the first time I've told the story. I've got a little teary. <clears throat> and it's moments like these when we understand in a more profound way Jesus' call to go outside and to care for people who are in our community. Our scripture, as I read just a few minutes ago, has Jesus going out and, and appointing 70 people, two by two, to go on a mission trip. Now, before he sends them out, I don't know if you noticed this in the scripture, but it's like he has this mission trip meeting, okay? He says to the, to the 70, okay, it's rough out there. I want you to be aware and be cautious. I, it's going to be like, sending the lambs out to the wolves. So you, you better be prepared. Then he says to them, these are your packing instructions. Take nothing. Now, is that what you said, Patrick? <laughs> right, right. We did not continue this particular admonition. But, admonition. but he says, take nothing. Don't take a purse. Don't take a, a bag. Don't take your sandals. Just, he just, I just want you to, to be prepared to go. So take nothing. Which reminds me of, of a mission trip that I went on where I, t I took bags and bags and bags because we were going to Africa. And this was with the Wesley Foundation. And we got there, and our bags did not get there for 10 days. And it was 
an interesting and freeing experience to really have nothing and to live exactly like the people we were with. It's an interesting thing to take nothing. But he gives the instructions, go and take nothing. And then he says, all the towns that are the best towns to visit, that's the the part I left out, but but all of the towns not to go to and all the towns that you should visit. And then he talks about how to be a gracious guest. Now, I've had those conversations with my Wesley Foundation students because we would oftentimes stay in people's homes. And uh, among the things that he says is, um, please plan to eat what is put before you on the table. And then he tells them also how long to stay. And in this case, I thought he was going to say something like, just stay one night. Don't overstay your welcome. Instead, Jesus says to the 70, stay, stay in the same place while you are in that town. Let those hosts who are gracious be gracious to you. And then he went on, goes on to say the purpose of the trip, what we're going to do. We're going to care for the sick, and we're going to let the people that are all around in these towns know that the kingdom of God is near. Now, Jesus recognizes that the 70 being sent out are, metaphorically speaking, outside in so many ways. They're outside of their homes. They're outside of their, of their comfort zone. They're outside of their dietary laws and tastes. They're outside with no purse and no bag and no sandals. They're outside of, uh, to risk the rejection. They're outside in their own powers of healing and restoration. It was a big commitment to go on this mission trip and to leave their usual daily lives. So they, they were going and they were unsure. They were cautious, not sure of who and who they would stay with and what they would encounter. And they were compelled nonetheless by the appointment that Jesus gave them to go out and to do the, uh, meet the needs of people in the community. Go outside and cure the sick and tell the people that the kingdom is near. So they sent, set out on their journey. Now, I just want to know, how many of you have supported or done mission work in the community, and how many of you have also gone on mission trip to, uh, to another place? Raise your hand. Okay, lots of missionaries out here. So you won't be surprised to find out what happens next in the scripture. We hear in the scripture that all of these folks who were sent out come back, and they are filled with joy. They're excited about what just happened to them. And, and they, they were surprised by the way that they were welcomed. They were surprised that people actually invited them into their homes. People fed them. They were surprised about people being open to being cured and people even being open to thinking and, and experiencing what it would, might be like to live in the kingdom of God. They, they were surprised that no one was hurt and that no one complained about not having sandals or a purse or a bag, that out, that even though they were outside of their comfort. 
And Jesus took a minute to tell them, now, turn your focus not just on what you did, but on what the Holy Spirit did. Because it was the Holy Spirit's work that opened up the doors for you. It was the Holy Spirit's work that when you sat with someone who needed to be cured, cured that person. It was the Holy Spirit's work that, that brought your heart to a place of mercy and, and the person received the gift of restoration and care. It was the Holy Spirit's work that, that made all of this happen. Blessed are those who can see it. Blessed are those who, who, who are the ones who, who heard what had happened. So going outside then has its blessings. The sacrifice that comes from the things that we lay down and don't take uh, brings a blessing. The work of God in the kingdom that opens hearts brings a blessing to us. People who are cured and restored become a blessing to them and a blessing to us as we see the work of the Holy Spirit. The vision of the kingdom of God is seen and it becomes a blessing as we see the work of the Holy Spirit and the acts of mercy and restoration gave new life. All of this is something that we can hold joy with. We can hold on as blessing. And just like we were when, when we came home from our mission trips or our community service or a time of camp or a time when, when we were serving alongside the people of God, we, they felt like we feel the joy. If you scroll down a little ways in that scripture, beyond the one I read, you'd notice that there was a missionary that asked this question of Jesus. He says, how will I inherit everlasting life? And it's as if he's saying, how can I hold on to this feeling that I'm feeling right now after this missionary journey? How can I have this? And Jesus answers him by saying this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind, your spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is how you will continue to have that kind of joy, that everlasting life, that kingdom of God experience that just continues and continues. Is it, it, isn't it true that Jesus' disciples are often awakened by events and experiences that lead us to live out new ways. Years ago, I served at the Denton Wesley Foundation, and it was actually the last time I was here and preached. It was when Tommy Brummett was serving here. So it was a little while ago. And during that time period, my husband was the pastor at First United Methodist Church of Denton. And on one particular Saturday, I was invited to do a prayer event. And at that prayer event, we spent some time just grounding ourselves in our relationship with God. And on that particular morning, I said to the folks who are gathered, there's about 50, I'd like us to go outside and just experience our neighborhood and be in prayer for our neighborhood. 
And so I said, okay, we're going to go to the north, which was up toward the square. We're going to go to the south, which is full of neighbors on our, our southern end. We're going to go to the east, which had several uh, new restaurants and the fire department and all kinds of activity going on over there. And I asked them to just go in silence, pick which direction they wanted to go, north, south, east, or west, and go out for 30 minutes and simply walk the streets where we are in our neighbor's neighborhood and look for people. And as you see different folks, as you encounter them, say to yourself, God, I lift them up to you. God, I'd lift this person up to you. If, as you see businesses that you, you've never noticed, lift that, that business up to, to God. Anything that you encounter, just simply note it and lift it up to God. Well, I told them to be God for about 30 minutes, and I looked at my watch 30 minutes later, and they still weren't back. And I thought, well, that's okay. They'll come back when they come back. And about 45 minutes later, they started coming in. And what happened as they reported it to me was that they felt this sense of joy as they returned. And surprise, same kind of experience that I noticed in the scripture, in that as they returned or as they experienced it, they, they said things like, I never noticed how many people I never take notice of. I just walk by people. I don't look in their faces. I don't uh, take note if they're smiling or down. But today I did. And as I encountered different people, what I found was that I cared for them. I wanted them to, to... have a relationship with God. I wanted them to be cared for by God. I wanted them to, to have this, uh, on all of us in the community, to have this sense um, that the kingdom is near. The kingdom is here. And it changed several of their perspectives. Several po- persons told me that they had walked in the square and never, ever seen several of the businesses that were there because they were so focused on the place they were going. And just taking note of the names of people who had businesses there helped them care for their community. One of the things that I think is so important is for us to take note of our kingdom of God that is around us. All of us know that God created this this beautiful land. All of us know that there are are places and and needs in our community. And if we were to take note, we could be powerful healers, those who cure the sick, those who walk with the Holy Spirit, and, and remind people that this is a place of the kingdom of God. We could be like the 70. This could give us a glimpse of what it really meant means to be in the kingdom of God. In the scripture, it says the kingdom of God is near. Tell the people the kingdom of God is near. When I was in seminary several years ago, a professor asked the class this question. 
Is the kingdom of God in the past, is it in the present, or is it in the future? And as we all sat down and talked about the concept of the kingdom of God, I found that uh, all of us went to different scriptures in the, the Bible. And we grounded ourselves in thinking, how is it that, that, that the Bible talks about the kingdom of God? And once we shared our own experiences of the kingdom, um, and then moved back to, to, back to that question, we all concluded this. The answer is yes. Right? The kingdom of God came with the reign of Jesus. The kingdom of God is perpetuated by the work of the Holy Spirit and those who love the, of God and neighbor. And the kingdom of God will come in its fullness in the future. This perspective, when I was 23 years old, changed me because it made me realize that part of the work that we do as Christians who are called to follow Jesus is partner with the Holy Spirit so that the kingdom of God that is at hand comes to be known right here and now. It is the reason why us Methodists tend to build hospitals because we hope that that those that places that can cure will cure people it is the reason why we build educational institutes because we believe in social holiness and fact that people deserve an education it's the reason why we serve so much is because we believe that the kingdom of god can be felt as people are receiving the gifts that we have to offer And so if we say the kingdom of God is at hand, it is as though we are saying it is present, it is here, it is available, it is accessible to us, it is close. We believe that it is as close as every act of mercy, as close as every moment of restoration, as close as every compassionate, loving moment that the Holy Spirit and we partner to, be, to make it be known. This week, the kingdom of God, for me, was known in a 12-year-old girl who handed me a towel and who stood back as I cleaned my face up and asked, can I hug you? Can I embrace you? It was that moment, that powerful moment, that I recognized my own moment toward cure, my own moment of feeling that healing. Could that be a cure, God's kingdom? I think so. So where have you seen God's curing love? When have you experienced the kingdom of God? We are all missionaries, and we are all missionaries every day. I know that here at First Methodist in Decatur, God shows up when people come out to that parking lot and experience what I think you guys call um, Decatur Cares Mobile Food Pantry, right? I think God shows up when you are hosting folks and the senior citizens for meals. I know God shows up when you extend your hospitality to people who, who come from other countries to come and experience you and then go on a mission trip. Here in Decatur, 
God and the Holy Spirit and you are all missionaries at work. We are called every day to be missionaries. And like the 70 who went out to come out of their comfort zone, outside of their homes, outside of their culture, I believe that we will all be return with joy and feel the blessing of seeing the kingdom with our own eyes. This is the good news. Let us hear it and let us believe it. In the name of God, amen.